0: I was listening back through some old My Brother, My Brother and Me's today, and I think there's no arc in that podcast. If you can say that that podcast has arcs, then the friendship between Justin McElroy and Jimmy Buffett and how Justin (laughs) went from casual... Jimmy Buffett listener to hardcore Jimmy Buffett listener to I model my entire life after Jimmy Buffett to I just met Jimmy Buffett and we saw Margaritaville together to I am best friends with Jimmy Buffett. And I feel like I want that arc. And I'm trying to figure out who I want that arc with. When, when I
1: I request Kira Knightley.
0: Kira Knightley's a bit over the top no. there, I think. I think no. I think it'd be very hard to get from A to B to C with Kira Knightley. First, we need, as, our Lin Lin as Manuel. As we need our Lin-Manuel. Not as gay. We need that up-and-coming celeb to discover us while they're also up-and-coming. Then they become an A-list celebrity. And it's like, by the way, my friends over at that good game, great game, they're really into Melissa Villasenor. That was the name I pulled out of the hat. I'd be down for that. I dig her a lot. She's great. So let's use this podcast great. to find a way to become friends with Melissa Villasenor cool great I'm on board with that's that that's my purpose sure. for the podcast Yeah, now. <laughs> I support you on your journey but great. so great. our
1: up and coming celebrity in an ideal world would be somebody who gets cast on SNL Ye- so let's yes. go to every UCB show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and wear shirts
0: that say our podcast is for video games and Melissa Villasenor <laughs> <laughs> good game great Melissa Villasenor yeah
1: yeah <laughs> 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 yep, yep, yep.
0: You think you're crazy, and yeah, I think that's true. But baby Great Games, the Video Games Book Club podcast for people that hate paper cuts but love button mashing. I'm Zach Rich. I got Andrew Orsi here. Yeah. And Kevin Ryder. Yay! It's a short, easy episode today. We continue our Bioshock discussion with its big piece of DLC, Minerva's Den. This is going to be a short, wee, tiny episode on this one because I do not have much podcast juice in me today, I gotta say. I finished doing the DLC. I took one look at my skull and it said, hey, your brains a hurting. You might want to lay down. And wow. I said, I don't have time to lay down, brain. All I got is juice. And my brain said, you're out of juice. This and I was said, a really easy-to-follow story
1: until just <laughs> In, like five seconds until ago. Until the juice. Reconnect it... Kingdom Whoops. Hearts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're talking about Minerva's Den today, which was a piece of DLC for Bioshock 2. Um, I never played it before. I hadn't either, actually. Yeah. And I you hadn't had, played any of them. You hadn't played. You've played the full... Bioshock 2 experience before, but this was your first time with the DLC. I played all of Bioshock 2, but not Minerva's Den cool. back in the day. And for the two of us, it was our first time experiencing Bioshock 2, and this is also the DLC. And I gotta say, I remember reading when this came out that this DLC was better than the game itself, and I agree. I do too. I do too, actually. Like, yeah. wow. Although I, I have one
1: big gripe. I just yeah. want to start off with my. Let's one start
0: gripe. off with your big gripe. This is and my. And then big work gripe. positively from there. They
1: need to figure out whether they're using Greek or Roman gods to name their stuff. Oh, sure. What are you ta- Everything else is Hephaestus, like Dionysus. Those are all the Greek names for the gods. Minerva is the Roman name for Athena. It should be Athena's Den.
0: Oh. Get your life
1: together. Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: bother to look up why it was called Minerva's Den. And Apollo as well, another Greek. Well, Apollo is the same name in both. Oh, I didn't realize it yeah. both. Yeah. Do you think that was just something Ryan was like, I don't really care about? any of this shit <laughs> he's like this is gonna be a dlc anyway we might just want to name it after a different <laughs> kind of guy uh but let's talk about the dlc itself what was your immediate reactions to it was a short experience it took me three hours to get through which i thought well, i was talking to you yesterday about it i literally played it today uh for this episode and you were like you should give it two sittings but it was a quick breezy one sitting dlc for me
1: how much did you fully explore everything and, as like-
0: much as i could i i I destroyed all my little vacuum friends and released yeah. their robot souls. I found as many uh, audio logs as I feel like I did. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I thought I got like a full, complete story out of it. I unlocked every achievement uh, in the remaster collection. I thought I experienced I think it's the, the, s- whole thing. It's the same eight, yeah, because
1: I looked it up. So I also, yeah, I did yeah. the same. I don't know. I think I just go through stuff slower than most people. I think in the interest of, like, I'm so concerned about missing a nook or cranny that I'm like, "Mm, let me, like, really take my time and look at every corner of every room. And then other people are like, yeah, this was a 10-hour experience. I'm like, I spent
0: 50 hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even looked up, like, how long to be uh, because I was planning my day out today and I didn't want to, like, spend my entire day on this. And it said it could take up to, like, four and a half to nine hours to complete this DLC, and I don't believe that for a second. Mine took two sessions just
1: because of when I played it. I don't typically have as many, like, big chunks for a at home console game, I just have you know bits, so yeah, that's why it was two for me. I did the first level and the second.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, what I said nice it's just like a three. It's a three level thing, and the third level level is mostly just one boss fight and yeah. some atmosphere.
1: I I mean, this is the thing that I said about the the these first two Bioshocks. Anyway, for me is that they tend to make me tense. So I think my two sessions. It may have also been something to do with timing, but it's also just because I don't think I could do two full levels in one sitting mm-hmm. with my tension on this game. So I was like... <laughs> mert Were you still
0: tense for this one?
1: A little bit. Like, less so. But the gathers just are annoying to me. I still don't like the gathers. I actually...
0: Here's probably part of the reason why I Freud Didn't do the gathers. See, that? Oh, that's I why. Just, I, see it. I just saved the little sisters. I see. I actually... The first one, I... And I've never done this in any Bioshock game ever, but I accidentally killed a little sister. Because oh, I, no. I meant to press the jump button to get up to the platform she was on, but the prompt like came up the second I pressed the button and the little sister died and like I was shaking. I was I was shaking in my core. I've never done that before in my ten years of playing the these two games. Oh my gosh. It's it's terrifying. I never want to see that again. I never want that little slug in my hand ever again, and I don't want that girl to scream. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight about that shit. Oh dear god. That it would definitely bad. do it, too, and not doing the harvest for timing. Yeah. And I and yeah. I wanted to reload a former save, but I forgot that I wasn't save-scumming, so it was just like, oh, I yeah. don't want to do this hour again. Yeah, <laughs> no, I yeah.
1: get it. That's the thing is, like, I definitely... Like, when I do a gather, I spend... Prep time before the gather, like making sure I have all the machines I can, or even I'll just like go try and hack something and fail on purpose and get a couple bots.
0: <laughs> like, sure, mm-hmm. I literally
1: had bot friends for this whole time because they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have laser and electric bots," and I was yeah. like, "I'm gonna keep those." They gave cool new fun bots. Yeah. yeah, it was
0: neat that there weren't that many new gameplay elements that but was they introduced changed the, in the chemical DLC. thrower to the laser. too. Yeah, that the second was I got excellent. that laser, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna be pointing this laser at everything." I, used I, the I mean, heck like out of the, the laser. design of the big da- the the Lancer Big Daddy was really really cool. It kind of looked like they were wearing like a kilt the entire time, which I really Mm -hmm. digged. Uh, It just felt, it didn't feel like a revolution. It's the same way that like Bioshock 2 doesn't feel like a revolution of Bioshock 1. It kind of just feels like it's a much more, much more, a much more concise and thought out experience taking place in Rapture. In a part that like I didn't expect to go to, I had no idea what this was going to be about when I got into it. Um, And to see that it's kind of basically. story taking place at rapture's power plant is cool Mm -hmm. and something i didn't think about Mm -hmm. yeah it's
1: interesting thing it's like of course the city would need some kind of massive central computing to run all this automation everywhere you know things that would make sense to be down there it's like oh we actually have to explore it now
0: yeah and like half the audio logs is just like hey nobody ever talks about us and it's like that's a good point (laughs) yes there it is it's really nice that and this extends to like the full bioshock 2 story itself just how the game deals with the fact that none of this was discussed in the first game. They kind of just wave it as, like, nobody's going to talk about these little people. This person was an exile. Like, it's still made, even if it wasn't done by the original creators, Bioshock 2 still feels like an active part of Rapture lore. And I think Minerva's Den does that just as well.
1: Oh, totally. I, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. What
0: do we think about that story?
1: The story was great. I, I really think, enjoyed it. Yeah, it had a bigger twist than the actual yeah. story oh my gosh, by far. I was. Oh, yeah. I, it was nice, because for me... It's the only twist in a Bioshock game that I haven't been spoiled on because Bioshock Two didn't really have a proper twist for me to not be spoiled on. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't get to experience a Bioshock twist that I didn't already know about, and I was like, I do. <laughs> yeah,
0: I felt like the game set up its its big plot twist that you're Porter the entire time, mm-hmm. marvelously. They set it up really well and they, and they revealed also it at the right time. Yeah, they, so they didn't,
1: revealed it super late. They didn't hint yeah. at it in any. Like I didn't see it coming.
0: There were small hints when you realize... The first time I thought something was off about this was when you find the audio log of Ryan... Coming uh, sending, for him. Yeah. Com- uh, accusing Porter of treason and then sending him to prison. Right. Uh, which was my first thought. It was like, I don't think he would survive being a sane sure. man in in Persephone based on what I experienced in the full game. In that
1: same audio log, I had a thought of... They probably did the same thing to him that they did to um, Delta, isn't it, too?
0: Uh, Deltas, too, yes. Sigmas, your Sigma antagonist this time around. And it's also like, uh, when when Wall, uh, the main antagonist, is like, you've never met them! Like, Hmm. hmm, we got we got something cooking in this oven. We got it. We got an actual genuine twist going mm-hmm. on right now. Um, when did you did you guys see it coming before they fully revealed it? Was there a point where you were like, "Oh, I know what's happening"? That there. audio
1: log is when I thought it was was going to happen. The
0: Ryan audio log, mm-hmm. or okay, it was a little bit before, yeah. But when he
1: when he started to talk about people coming for him, I, I was like, "Oh, they could potentially do that." I didn't yeah. know for sure until I saw the the graphic on the ground just before where it was thinker. Porter, Sigma, like I Actually, circle. I missed that. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. I think uh-huh. I went into
0: the, the final boss chamber in a different way. Sure. Uh, so I completely and totally missed that, and I saw it on the way out. it mm-hmm. was like, did I sequence break a little bit? I, I, I don't know how I could have missed yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know how you did so, either. But yeah. that was when I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure now.
1: But I had my suspicions yeah. for,
0: for a hot sec. What a great character Porter is. Oh, yeah. Um, just totally. how well-rounded he is, how grounded he is in the reality of... Uh, losing his wife during the, the Blitz and going to Rapture to kind of escape the ghost of his wife and ultimately making The Thinker as a way to bring his lost wife back to life. That last audio log oh is my so... God. Mm-hmm. I audibly gasped. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it, it was incredible. I think it's one of the best stories in the franchise so far. And it's, and it's great when you get... Tenenbaum on
1: the tail and explaining how the Thinker was like refusing to leave without him, basically. Yeah,
0: I thought Tenenbaum was going to be a bigger part in this. I did too. I Um, really did. And I'm not upset that she's just kind of like this background character until she reveals her part in the story. That she was essentially tapped by the Thinker to like, one, the Thinker is thinking on its own and it wants to rescue Portal. She says, the Thinker never gave up on you. Um, And her reason for wanting to get the Thinker out of Rapture is so she can... Restores splicers back to their normal selves. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh yeah. That's a great reveal about what her purpose is back down in Rapture to save the little sisters and save the minds that she had a hand in warping when creating plasmids in the first place.
1: Yeah, you see it a much A much broader spectrum how she's trying to make up for the evils she's done. Yeah. Because you kind of get the sense that like, oh, she did a whole lot of things and she just considers herself a damned woman and she's trying to save the little sisters as a result. But then it's like, oh my God, she's literally trying to save everyone. Mm-hmm. whoa
0: yeah <laughs> it, it's a cool moment and just seeing her sitting in the bathysphere right at the end of the yeah. dlc is yeah it, it's cool it's weird to see a happy ending in this franchise and to see her trying to save sigma like that's the
1: end of it too it's like hey we're gonna get you back to yourself that's kind of right. the plan now yeah and to, to actually it have the implication that like it was fine it went fine it yeah. might be okay mm-hmm. yeah. that like we're both in the bathosphere and nobody like gets pulled out or something at the last and, minute for the end of the game, yeah, and They're, then they don't die at the end and get sucked yeah. into a needle or anything. Right? Like that. Yeah,
0: there's absolutely no bitter sweetness to this ending. It's like Porter becomes himself again, moves on with his life, and like lets go of his wife, which. Was just It was just poignant. Like, the voice acting was so on point for this DLC. It, it was stuff I, was think- I wasn't I was really thinking about when I was playing for Bioshock 2 proper.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that it was fun and smart on their part to do a DLC by adding the laser and adding the gravity well. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, the plasma. gravity well was so much fun. Yeah, it was. It it was like, they
1: give you enough new tools that it was, like, fresh.
0: It felt fresh. Yeah. yeah. How much you bought... The DLC, right? Yes, Uh, because you were playing on the 360. How much is it now? Ten. It's ten bucks. I think yes. that's how much it was at launch too. Probably. So that feels it feels right. That's like you know four to five hours of content for ten bucks. Like that's a good sized DLC.
1: And, yeah, it was a good sized DLC. I would definitely say, especially for the story that it packs with it. Yeah, two two very full levels, very full very, bioShock yeah, levels, lively like, bioShock extremely levels, extremely complete, lots of stuff to do. Followed by an actual final boss fight that kind of felt like a final boss right. fight, which I did not get from Bioshock Two. Felt way better than the end of actual it's Bioshock. It's so yeah. funny yeah. that the final boss, though, is essentially a souped-up leadhead splicer. I know it is a little funny in my brain, but yeah. It, but you it also did get to fight something. a lot of alphas. You know yeah. what I mean? It was it was right. a, it was a battle, and you had a battleground, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, yeah, this is this is how you end a thing.
0: Yeah, and the denouncement of, like, walking through Porter's office. Oh, um, yeah. I thought it was so... All of that at the
1: end. The the, the post-final boss stuff was all so well done. Yeah. So well executed. It it
0: was slow. Like, the music was very haunting. The music was perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was just one detail that, like, I kind of sat on for a second. But, like, there was a color TV in his office, which I don't think you see at all throughout Rapture. So it just kind of, like... I thought that was just a nice little touch of, like, what kind of life Porter was trying to live in Rapture with the position that he was in color TVs that's probably a really big thing like it, it was just really really interesting um to see this moment in this very broken man's life um, and that's probably the, the the overall biggest strength
1: of this is the characterization of Porter he's like you get so much of it throughout like they really do build up his character in the backstory and why the thinker is what it is and like yeah yeah I love that with wall you get like you it's the trope at this point in the bioshock series of there's like a voice like a faceless voice that's tormenting you throughout the whole thing and telling you how this is gonna suck for you but in the end the story is so about porter that like he's insignificant honestly he's, like he's significant in what he does to porter oh i'm not saying he like yeah, doesn't matter right, but, he's but i'm not focused on him i left only thinking about porter i wasn't like you're at, talking at, about at the, wall Yeah, yeah, he was like, you know what I mean? Like, I left with only thoughts about Porter, whereas in, like, Bioshock 2, you get that little moment with Lamb, and it's kind of like, what's Lamb's fate? And And I'm still thinking about her. But in this one, I was only thinking about Porter. So while he was a, a fine antagonist and pretty... Typical and like I said, a great final boss kind of situation. Mm-hmm. The story was so well focused on Porter that that was what I came away with, and I think that was the
0: point. Well, I think the great thing about Wall's character is that he follows the Thinker, so he he worships the Thinker, right. and everything the Thinker says is the word of law in God. And it turns out the Thinker was just manipulating him the entire time mm-hmm. in order to get Porter. And just Out. not
1: showing him that last bit of what happens when he gets to that room. It's there. because yeah. that's when Wall dies. The
0: catastrophe is Wall dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what a great twist! This is just like a great short story. I'm really when we said I, we we made the plan to do this mini episode on it, and I was afraid we might like not have enough there to do or say anything about this. But like, there's it. It was just really good. Yeah. This is one of my favorite parts of the franchise mm-hmm. so far.
1: Overall. I'd say a, a weird strength of it, and I don't mean a weird strength in that it is weird in itself, but you don't see it a ton. It was it was a DLC that did not feel like DLC. No. It really did yeah. feel like it felt the like game. a complete yeah, experience. Exactly. It did the the build up of getting your weapons and your plasmids so effectively in a condensed period of time. Yeah. I mean that it it's... still didn't feel like Weird. You know what I mean? And and it was also nice to just kind of especially with the plasmids, it was nice that I didn't really have to wait to find most of them. Right. Like yeah, they locked away electrobolt because of a story purpose. Like sure. And they locked away gravity well for a story it purpose. It definitely felt weird
0: to not have Electro Bolt for a hot was, second. That like like seeing oh, so splicers in water, I was like, What do I, was like, I do with do this? How do I
1: how do, I can't even incinerate you. What yeah. do I do? Bees. But we didn't have incinerate either. I literally,
0: I bees. got insect
1: form up to level three instantly after my first set of gathers, yeah, and then me just too. used it everywhere. <laughs> the
0: bees. Man. I had, I had this moment um, because the game froze as much at you as possible to make you so strong for the last encounter. I thought you said the game froze, and I was like, oh, "Throw." I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. you had a glitchy one. No, nah, <laughs> no glitches for me. I didn't have a
1: glitch this time either. Nice. Me three. Ah,
0: glitchless DLC. Um. I hit the cash max, oh, which yeah, I never see. thought was possible to do in a Bioshock game. You've oh, never done that? i did that never in done every Bioshock. No, I did, never too. did that. Yeah. I um, like I said, I searched too hard for everything. I, I hit six hundred dollars, <laughs> and I could get no more money. And I went, "This is weird. I've never seen this before." <laughs> I just I spend money left and right. But then, like Adam comes furiously, so that you have, and it's it's weird that like there's more. In the 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 gardens than you'll ever be able to need oh, totally absolutely in this game absolutely um, and they do give most of it to
1: you just right away too so yeah you can select so with this style nice way of just like which tonics are conducive to what I'm planning on doing in this mm-hmm. game and which ones aren't yeah uh, yeah and I also I sort of became a drill daddy in this one for a second hey, too yeah nice yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was I a played sh- it's so funny that this is essentially the same setup as Bioshock Two in terms of like weapon loadout there's a couple new ones but like weapons and plasmids are the same it's a dlc for bioshock 2 but i played it so differently mm-hmm. i found that oh, yeah. fascinating i i used the laser the most of the oh, time. I, I was love like the laser oh, it, give me something new i'm gonna i'm gonna the laser was also that. great for gathers because it, it so stuns strong. them it yeah. stops oh, yeah. them for a second i was mm-hmm. like oh you ain't getting near the little sister and you get those charged ones when you're fighting the lancers yep. Um, I also thought it was interesting and, and kind of cool how they did the weapons upgrades, how you just found them as opposed to finding the power to the people stations in terms yes. of having a more condensed map. Agreed. They didn't hide more collectibles, they just made it so you know you would find the guns kind of along your way. And it's weird
0: I actually found the upgraded machine gun before I found a machine Me too. gun. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Yep. Maybe yep. there's just not a normal machine that gun. That could just be the <laughs> yeah. thing. Maybe the there's machine like gun okay, did we started not started level until 2. Late. Yeah. yeah. And so. it was powerful when you got it. So oh, either it so we so all missed
1: either we all missed something really early where there was a machine Gun,
0: or there just
1: isn't one and it just comes late already upgraded. Did you guys ever get ammo for your launcher other than heat seeking rockets? No, that's the Same. only one. No, okay. that's the only one
0: I found. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure I, if I missed I looked, something. No, here. I looked that up. Yeah. yeah, It was the only one available. Okay.
1: So I didn't really use my launcher much. I, I only was, used it for Lancers. I was heavily laser, drill, and rivet gun. Because mm-hmm. I just, by, in Bioshock 2, also, I tended to prefer the rivet gun to the machine gun. So yeah. I just kind of stuck with that. And because I didn't have the machine gun for most of the DLC, I was like, well, that's great that I have a new weapon, but I'm going to stick with what I know. <laughs> I did a pretty good job at rotating. And uh, did you guys play through on, on hard or normal? I or did easy? Normal, normal. Yeah, I went through on hard the whole time. And uh, it, it was good enough about giving you enough money that I always had the special ammo I needed. I didn't feel as restrained as I did yeah. too. Like, I didn't feel like I was always running but out also of money. I felt like I had such a, a bevy of weapons at exactly. my disposal that I wasn't as desperate for, like, anti-personnel rounds mm-hmm. or something you know what yeah. I mean and like, like I wasn't like more. boy I need those because I just had so many other things to play around with that I was doing fine and the lasers are so strong too yeah. they could take a lot of those things because there were definitely out. parts in Bioshock 2 that I was like I just need to get some like mm-hmm. armor piercing rounds or I can't do the big daddies in this level like yeah. some stuff like that was happening you know I, what I mean I never maxed out my money but I did always have Rockets when I needed them. I always had the rocket spears when I needed them. I always had incendiary laser. The rocket laser when spears I them. are good. Oh, they're yeah, so great. Right. I use those in two. Of the I last started year. using them at the end of two, and I was like, "Hello!" And oh, then yeah. I really carried them over into this DLC. Anything that makes an enemy just
0: instantly ragdoll. Oh my god! Oh yeah, Wonderful. My
1: the ragdoll physics on like an alpha that you hit with it, or like a brute slicer. So I was funny. like, oh, it's so oh, funny. It's so go, funny. F- go for a flight, big boy." <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Did you guys find the audio diary? This was one of my favorite parts of this DLC. The audio diary of the. Uh, dude that gets pissed off at his co worker because he took all the credit for an invention that they made. So he sticks the card key to his, his co worker's yes. office in oh a vending God. machine. So good. So yeah. funny. At that point, I was like, I, I, had, like already, I had already purchased it. Too, oh, I so I was like, <laughs> oh. No, I, I found it and then I looked in the vending machine and went, that is the funniest it's So good. thing uh-huh. I've ever seen. And it um, was like 250 so it was fairly expensive. Wasn't, wasn't
1: that right near Spitfire? Yeah, that was right after yeah. Spitfire.
0: Which I spent about 20 minutes playing because I wanted that achievement. Insane. Mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of like, if there a, wasn't an
1: achievement, I wouldn't be doing it. I've never right, played a one-stick shooter before, oh and God. I never want to again. No, it, <laughs> was not, it was not pleasant. No. It's like when I was, I've been playing Golf Story, and I actually just finished it. Um, and in Golf Story, you find little cartridges for a game called Golf which is like an even more 8-bit, like yeah, super I heard about primitive this. shooter, not shooter, yeah! but, but uh, a <laughs> golf game, and it is like impossible to play. Oh my gosh. Like after I'm doing all this golf story, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good with, go- with actual like golf story. And then I go to play golf and I'm like, what is this? Oh my <laughs> I God. I hate this. I don't want to play this at all.
0: That's like playing, um, I, I was clouding around with, the uh, Nintendo collection on, uh, the Switch and I was playing a little bit of NES Open Tournament golf and like that game well, it's tough. It's tough to <laughs> handle.
1: Well, I also I held to my tradition of any time there is a mini game in any game like this, and there's a point total that I'm trying to get to. In this case, for an achievement. Other times, it's for like literal story continuation or something like sure, that. Sure. I come so close. Very early on, and then I can never get back to get there, back and there. I get so frustrated that I didn't make it that time. I got ninety seven sixty five. No, you and did died. And I literally oh, went. No, I like stared at the screen. I went. No, <laughs> I don't like this enough. Because <laughs> I knew the achievement was at nine 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 nine, and I was mm-hmm. so angry. It was, was an inter- so close. It was an Ugh. interesting
0: thought, though, of like a video game existing down at Rapture, right? Um. Like a not very a early not a productive use of, of a scientist's time, I Meh. think. I think the Great Chain would sag a little bit. Do they bit.
1: really have a lot to do down there?
0: Entertainment wise, Well, you know, Rapture was a, a, a hub for art and culture. So maybe I'm just using my own uh uh <laughs> views on You're that. projecting upon Rapture. I might I might be. Um yeah, Because, I mean, really, it's if you got
1: free time, it's either make a video game or splice. And one of them fucks you up. So, one of them makes you very crazy. Yeah. Video games.
0: <laughs> uh, is there anything else to talk about with this lovely piece of DLC?
1: I don't think so. I think we covered most of the the, cool. sh- the strengths and
0: our thoughts on Minerva's it. Minerva's Den. Good game or great game? It's a great game. Yeah, great game. I agree. This was a great game. This was better than Bioshock 2 itself. Well done. And was worth the admission. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely yeah. I think so. A wonderful job there. That was the thing. Next week, the Bioshock Marathon continues with the final full game of the franchise. It is Bioshock Infinite. After that, we will be taking a look at the big piece of DLC for that with Burial at Sea. There will be a lot more to talk about there because that's a much longer piece of content. two whole episodes. Two whole episodes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You were the one that was asking me, is like, wait, is Burial at Sea like two DLCs? Yeah, because I went to
1: look it up to see how much I was going to have to spend on it. And then I was like...
0: Oh, twenty dollars. Okay, that's not bad. And then I went. What does it mean, one of two? <laughs> you might as well just buy the remaster collection at that point. Do I
1: want to do it, that? It'll though? probably
0: cost as much. It, it might. probably costs a little more. I probably. I don't, a don't remember. I'll look. We'll honest. do some. Duh. We'll do some. Does the remaster comparison? collection have it all included? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is happening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are not a savvy consumer today, my friend. <laughs>
1: I've never claimed capitalism as a system that works for me. No.
0: Uh, After that, it's Kingdom Hearts 3 time, baby. I think we could do three whole weeks on Kingdom Hearts 3. You probably can. I think that's what we'll do. Just as a a quick heads up for you, Zach. So you finished
1: the game at 25 hours? I finished the game at 25 hours. I got through halfway of Arendelle in in 25 hours. hours. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm probably—I don't know what my hour mark is right now, but I'm definitely over like 15 to 20 in that range, and I'm only just starting the Kingdom of Corona, so here we are. I between was around there too, yeah.
0: Between my two playthroughs, I'm now at 40 hours, so I've spent some time, yeah, and I yeah. got some things to say. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, we all do. <laughs> Uh And after that, it's Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, we'll spend a little time with our friends Pikachu and Eevee. We yeah, are. let's go do that. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll have a bunch more fun stuff. If I get a, Instagram. if I
1: get a big enough tax return, also, just depending on what happens sure. when I get all that info back, uh, I might get myself a switch capture card and start streaming Let's Go as a lead up to our Let's Go episode. So oh, nice. well, that sounds like
0: a lovely idea. You
1: know, I'll let I'll let y'all know. Great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are Good Great Game. I am Papa Bear Zach on both of those platforms, and Andrew is quite simply. Andrew Orsi on
1: oh, and both of those platforms. Andrew
0: is also One Up Gaming on YouTube. One Up Tempo. One. I'm sorry. Ooh, get it right. Andrew is also One Up Tempo on YouTube. Yes, where he is doing his randomized Pokemon Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Platinum, as well as his sick, as sh- a sick, sick smeargle. As a bunch of smeargles. ill <laughs> smeargles,
1: I just keep them poisoned for the whole playthrough. They all just no toxic.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine a? pack of Pokemon where all your Pokemon are poisoned at all times. Would it would way. have to be
1: in the later gens because they just die constantly. Right.
0: Well, maybe that's the rule. Even just
1: walking around though, you yeah. know what I mean? You, what ha-
0: so here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the question. Okay. This is
1: Pokemon and we're going off on a tangent, but you know, it's the end of the episode. And it's I'm short. only
0: trying to get over this. It's fine. I'm out of juice.
1: I'm just curious. There's six Pokemon in your party, right? If yeah. every single one is poisoned and you're in one of the generations where they faint from poison, what happens if they all faint while you're just walking around out of battle? Do you white out? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I've never thought of that, because Time not that to bad test the game. Time to test a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Theories to test.
0: Well, while we figure that out, why don't you go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts? Yeah. It always helps out young podcasts like us, and helps us get seen, and grow, and become the force of nature that this podcast was always meant to be. You know, you know, you know, and I know. The B Said Orox are number six. <laughs> Zach they, just splashed Diet just Coke all over I himself. couldn't think himself. I was trying to come up what Luca Goers, the Luca Goers. You know, I know <laughs> Can't remember the line. Oh anymore. no! You're right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I know that the Luga Goers are, are number one. <laughs> it's something like that with that from? exact inflection. Okay, so. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's what it was. I said to confirm. I don't know that game quite as well as you guys do because it's one of your favorite yeah, games of all time. We're putting this game great. to sleep, uh, just
0: like Zach. Next week, Bioshock Infinite. We will see you then for Andrew Orsi and Kevin Ryder. Oh, thank you to the James Rocket for the use of our theme song. It's called "We Are Here for You." It's a delightful little romp. You can hear more of it at www the thejamesrocket.bandcapt.com. I'm Zach Rich. This has been Good Game, Great Game. Hey, let's play a new game. Bandcamp. We know the
1: consequences of what you do. But children, we are here for you. We might not understand just what you've been through. But children,